Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of VU with Declan Edwards. I'm your host, Declan, and as always, I'm super excited, but I'm particularly excited about this episode for two main reasons. So the first reason is actually the debut episode of our brand new series called Insider Scoop. So this is the series where I sit down one-on-one with people who are on their personal development and well-being journey. So this might be BU members, graduates, staff members, event attendees, people who have gone, hey, I want to make an impact starting with self. I want to learn the skills and resources and strategies required to fulfill my potential. And I want to learn to live a happier life. Now, our first guest is such a perfect example of that. Her name is Amy Asigal. She's from Melbourne, Australia. And she's been part of the BU movement now since mid-2019. So Amy first came on board. I am actually her one-on-one coach and Amy does our accelerator program. And the change I've seen in the time she's been part of this movement is so inspiring. So we actually had Amy guest speak at the first stop of our Purpose Driven Life tour yesterday. And then obviously we're going to invite her onto the podcast as well to get her to share her story because my God, did she inspire people yesterday in five minutes, let alone what she does in this whole interview. We've just finished recording the interview and let me tell you, you are in for such, such a great episode of the show today. Throughout the episode, Amy and I talk about those three fundamental steps to living a fulfilling life. So step one being self-care and well-being, step two being personal growth and development, and step three being impact and purpose. We talk about how Amy got to a point where she was a single mom, really struggling with who she was and what she wanted for her life. She got stuck in that trap of just hustling for her worth and always doing more and more and more and achieving more and more and more, but never being happy with where she was or who she was. And we spoke about how she started to overcome that to form a much healthier relationship with herself and use that to make a positive impact in the lives of her children, of her clients in her business. And Amy shares with us how she's using it now to make a positive impact to lives on a global scale, thanks to a very exciting opportunity that has come up for her this year. If you are someone who struggles with being a high achiever or with perfectionism or with self-judgment, this is such a good episode for you because Amy shares firsthand some of the changes that she learned from being part of the BU movement to help her overcome those challenges. I cannot wait for you to hear it. I'm so pumped. So with that said, we're going to welcome Amy Asigal onto the show. Okay, so first and foremost, I mean, A, welcome to the show. Thank you. B, welcome to BUHQ, aka the spare room in my house. And and C, welcome to Newcastle. Yes. Is this your first time in Newcastle? Yes, it is. And I've I feel like, I was gonna say, I feel like we've let you down with the weather. I'm kind of used to this weather, so Where did you go last night? Did you so you ended up at Scratchley's, I think I saw? Yeah, Scratchley's yes. for dinner, which is really nice. And then we went to Bar Next Door. And then another went to the, Battle Sticks. Yeah. Yes. And the one that you told me to You went to Colin Cedar? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so that was really cool. Um then we just went home and just chilled. Mm-hmm. The, the, it was wet and it wasn't yet cold, but it's not cold here. Like in Melbourne, it's cold. Mm-hmm. It's just humid here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all <laughs> one of those rug up nights last night. Like just go in, sit yeah. down, settle in. We'll have to come back another time when it's much more sunny and we'll yes. show you around, take you out to the Hunter Valley Vineyards and yes. the winery area. And yeah, there's a lot more to do here. Um, so yes, we'll definitely organize another weekend, but I'm really excited that you're here. Um, for many reasons. I mean, one, obviously it's our first chance yesterday to, uh, actually meet in person, um, after being on this journey together now for about four or five months. And then also I got a glimpse yesterday of obviously what we're going to be talking a lot about today on the show. Uh, so for those who were listening yesterday, we had the first stop of our purpose driven life tour in Newcastle. And every time we do a live tour, we like to have members or graduates sunk up and share their story and Obviously, you shared yours yesterday and Mm. the amount of impact and influence I think you had in that short amount of time yesterday has already been very clear. Like the amount of people have reached out and connected me like, man, I want to talk to you about this and get involved. And I'm really honored by that because like that's what this is all about for me, right? It's about how do we help people fill themselves up so they can give back and help others. And to see that happening in real life and see you doing that is is an absolute honor. So I'm really keen to unpack that more and dive into it today. Um, But I'm 100% getting ahead of myself, which I always (laughs) do because I get super excited on the show. Let's rewind a bit. So let's take it back to 
so you tell me actually, how would you start this story in this journey? For those listening, where does your personal development and well-being journey really start? I think, to be honest, it's, it's a weird question because you reflect when you've started. So, you know, is it from as far back as you reflect from or is it from when the moment you realise that this, I'm not giving myself any love? So I guess for me the biggest where I did reach out for help and realise that I, I really needed to work on myself was when I become a single mum. And it, was, it wasn't the point that I become a single mum. It was probably about 18 months afterwards when I would have to say that I'd hit rock bottom and I really didn't know where I was going. Like I, I was striving every day for something and, yes, I was achieving things, but it was not really, there was no direction for me. Um, I was not happy with myself. I wasn't happy where I was. I was attracting the wrong people. I wasn't, you know, my friend circle. There was, there was a lot of things there that I went, it just doesn't add up and this isn't me. I just didn't feel like myself. Um, and then I had to reflect on who I actually was because I couldn't remember. Being in an eight-year relationship, um, I was a shadow almost of my own self. So I had to think about what I was before that and what that meant to me and how, you know, how did I get to this place? Um, and really it is. It's the fact that I just really gave to everyone around me except myself. And the reason is, you know, I left a relationship because I wanted my girls to know what a good relationship was all about. So it was my, my biggest driver. I've got two young children. And I said, you know what, I don't want them waking up in one day and saying, I want what mum and dad have because that wasn't healthy and I wasn't happy and I didn't want them to strive for that because I know I strive for what my parents have in love and relationship and family and we're a very close-knit family. So that's the kind of way I looked at it and that's why the situation, I left the situation, I chose to leave the situation. So that was really empowering. And But from then on it was head down, bum up, just survive <laughs> every day. And so whilst I never kind of sat there and gave myself a pat on the back, I was just surviving. So that was enough. And everyone around me was like, you're amazing, you, you know, you're doing this and you're, you're successful. But at night I'd sit down and I would feel empty. So I didn't really ever feel like I knew where I was going, but every day I would survive and go, that's done, next day, that's it. Um, and, yes, I did study an MBA and I started a business and it all was going in the right direction, one would think, but what was it was me. So my life outside was going in the right direction and everyone thought that it was a successful way to go, but I still wasn't feeling good about myself or what I was doing or what I was achieving or patting myself on the back or stopping to be present with my children. So I started to lose that relationship with my children um, in a sense where I just was always thinking of the next thing I was doing rather than what I was doing right then and there with them and the conversations I was having with them. So that was a realisation for me and that's probably where I think my journey really started was for when I realised that I don't even know who I am anymore. Which is such a big sort of wake-up call to have that moment and that hit uh, for me, I know it's, I think about it in terms of the idea of success versus fulfillment, right? Like we can be super successful by all external standard and what everyone else is sort of looking at. Yeah. But it's interesting hearing firsthand from you that obviously that, that was the case. But then, you know, when you're on your own, you're like, man, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. I'm not happy. Something's missing here. And what does matter to me is not being looked after. You obviously mentioned a big driver, obviously, is your relationship with your kids. Um, run me through that moment when you have that because I know it's very easy for people to ignore almost the warning signs from yeah. life when they get into that stage yeah. and get stuck back into the trap of, especially if they're high achievers or like perfectionist drive or, you know, that trap of, oh, okay, I'm I'm not fulfilled yet. Obviously, I just need to go achieve this next yeah. X, Keep whatever achieving. it may be. Yeah. yeah if, as long as I'm always moving forward and ticking these boxes, then surely I'll hit happiness eventually. Run through the point where you realize that that doesn't happen for you, like... Anxiety. Mm. I was so riddled with what was going on. I would walk at a pace two times that everyone else did. Mm. I had a to-do list as long as my arm, which probably didn't need to be there. Um, and I would wake up. I wasn't sleeping. I was waking up in the morning thinking what I had to do that day. Um, it got to the point where it wasn't sustainable. I was getting sick. I had lost a menstrual cycle. I had no idea where I was and I just felt out of control. And I am, a, I like to have control. I like to see where I'm going. I like to make things grow. That's a part of what I do in my business. So 
the fact that my life wasn't in control, that's a really eerie feeling. Um, and I think that's where that's the point where I was like, okay, this has got to stop. I need to stop. Um, because it all kind of came down as well where I would be riddled by this that I would not go socially and visit my friends and I wouldn't like to um, be on my own and I had to be around my kids and it just got to the point where it was, just wasn't sustainable. And the mo- it was almost like I woke up one day and went, this is not going to happen anymore. <laughs> and But it's been a journey. That's when the journey was harder almost. You know, it's easy to run through anxiety. You get addicted to that. So I was addicted to having a to-do list that long and I was addicted to striving for something I had no idea where I was going but I was achieving so I was doing really well. It's hard to then go reality check, Amy. You know, this is self-doubt. This is anxiety. This is, you know, you've got imposter syndrome. You know, you don't actually sit there and take it in. That's hard. So the journey has been hard, not easy. Um, But that's like any journey, I think. Um, It's harder to go, so many times I went, oh, this whole thing's too hard. It's too vulnerable. Being vulnerable is really difficult until you start to embrace vulnerability. Um, For me, a lot of the times I was like, it's too hard, just go back to being anxiety-driven. I felt like I achieved more when I was anxiety-driven, but really I didn't. Which is super common amongst that high achiever drive, right? It's almost that if I'm not feeling that competitive edge of anxiousness or you know, stress or pressure yeah. doesn't mean that I'm going to be lazy and not achieve. 100%. I, couldn't, I don't watch TV. Mm. can't sit down and watch TV. Why? Because I feel like I'm lazy and I'm not doing anything. Mm. So I could never relax, you know, and that's hard because I have people around me going, would you just relax? Mm. And I'm like, no, I can't. Like, I just couldn't do it. Uh, my girls would do that too. So my kids were super busy kids. Mm. Why? I'm super busy. And so I just thought to myself, I don't want my kids to have the same situation when they're older where they can't handle, you know, their their life, their anxiety around it because it's something that's not going to go away. And that's something I learned. And the moment someone said that to me, reality hit that this isn't going to go away. There's no quick fix. This is a journey for life. It it was emotional, like hard. (laughs) But, you know, it's now got to the point where you embrace it and anxiety can actually work in your favour and you can actually learn to like the fact that you've got things coming on and it's a buzz, you know, mm. scare and excite you stuff that you go, oh, that's, that's, you know, it's a little bit of that anxiety coming back. You almost feed off it because it allows you to achieve goals and it allows you to do these things. So you've got to work with it rather than against it. Previously I was working against it. Yeah. So I was self-sabotaging. Which I know we've spoken about a lot, obviously, the idea of if you fight your own brain, you're going to lose oh. every time. <laughs> That's not a winning battle for anyone. And it's until you kind of you realise that, it's almost like, and a lot of the things you learn in your journey, you go, why didn't I know that? Like it's common sense yep. stuff that you go, oh, yeah, okay. So the reality is, and, and again, it's that vulnerability where you go, why didn't I know that? Or why haven't I been doing that? That, that flicker in your brain. Um, but it is just interesting to see the difference in my kids and my friends and, you know, the people are now attracting and who I'm speaking to in the street and, you know, how easy it is now to come, go and talk to people and the confidence I have in myself when that's not there it blows me away sometimes, the stuff that now the relationship I have with my kids and the way they speak to me now. Um, it's something I've never even thought was an issue, um, but now that you see the change... You could, your life wouldn't have you know, been great going on that way. Yeah, it's almost that sense of, I know a lot of people get stuck in that grey zone of surviving, like they're getting by, they're ticking the boxes. The danger with that is you can, you can convince yourself that it's good enough and it's okay and that's just how life's meant to. It's like, okay, this is how I'm meant to feel. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you start getting into that place of thriving that you're like, holy shit, is this, how, is this what life's meant to be like? <laughs> this is so much nicer. Like, 100%, 100%. And I think... You also start to talk to friends and family mm-hmm. and about different things uh, and you're reacting differently. Like I was one person. Empathy was a big issue for me and I didn't think it was a big issue. So people would come up and say, oh, not feeling well, I'd be like, you, you'll be fine. Just unemotional about everything because I was on this road to somewhere <laughs> and I was just literally shoving past them. So I didn't stop to say, are you Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, like everybody put myself in their shoes and to have a look at what they're doing because I need to be busy. If I stop again, I'm not doing what I need to achieve, which I never knew what that was. So it's funny that I've 
learnt empathy, mm-hmm. which is something that I just have never, ever thought about. Do you think part of that as well, because it's, it's funny hearing that because it comes up quite regularly we've seen people's journeys, is that if you're afraid of dealing with your own emotion, mm-hmm. how in the hell are you going to deal with someone else's? Mm-hmm. Right? It's almost this, I'm so uncomfortable looking at that because it's shining a light on something that I'm not dealing in myself. Yeah. Like it's Was that part of it for you as well? Yeah. yeah. So I would never stop. Mm. So never cried after the separation. Um, never seen – I didn't want to cry in front of my kids because mm. I wanted them to see that mum was strong. But really what that was showing them was mum's unemotional. And so I will never forget it when my daughter got her ears pierced and she looked at me and she, her tears were coming down her face because it obviously hurt mm. her. And she said, I'm not crying, Mum. I'm not crying. I'm not crying. I just have never done this before. I'm not crying. I was like, it's okay to cry. But that's me. They don't, they don't see me cry. They don't see me be emotional. They don't see me be empathetic towards them. So that's teaching them not to be empathetic and not to have those feelings, which, again, is that huge slap in the face that you go, okay. And, again, that's a journey that's it's, it's not easy, but it's a journey that's so fulfilling at the end of it. It's that self-care, self-love, personal development thing that just keeps churning. Mm-hmm. You keep going, whoa, okay, now it's all coming together. Um, you know, and that things happen all the time like that, which is really interesting that I go, empathy, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so nice to hear as well that straight away, and this is everything that obviously we believe in at BU and everything that I sort of live for, is that idea of when people do learn these skills naturally, they start to pick up other skills that allow them to help others more effectively, empathy being one of them, yeah. understanding other people's behaviour being another, being able to influence and lead at a deeper level. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get stuck in the idea of influence and leadership being a role or a career path. But, like, what you just described with your daughters, I see that as influence and leadership. Like, that is leading someone else's life in probably one of the most profound ways possible to actually start at home and to do that with your kids and to set up that next generation, like that's freaking beautiful. And the cool thing is the more you learn this and by the sound of it, career wrong, it, it doesn't even happen so much consciously or intentionally. Like you're not going away from a, from a coaching session where you're like, right now I'm going to sit my girls down and teach them this. It starts to trickle through yeah. and bleed through. And you're like, Oh shit, I just had a really good conversation, you know, mm. with my girls that wouldn't have otherwise happened. It's an eye opener. And it happens with clients as well. Yeah. Like it, it I, you know, I'm pretty black and white and everyone used to say, you're just black and white. I never had any grey. Adding a bit of grey into my life has been the best thing I could ever do because grey is that stopping and saying, I understand that your business isn't going well. Let me help you. I'm, can I offer you this information or should I suggest this? You know, where before I was just like, it's not doing well, this is what we're doing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and whilst it works for some, it doesn't work for others and you can only, it was only ever going to get me so far. And like I said, because it was achieving, I was going, it's working, great, keep going, keep running. It's like a hamster wheel. But when you stop to realise how much it's grown since going through this journey, this is where professionally and personally how far it's gone, it's because I've changed. The industry hasn't changed. My clients haven't changed. My staff haven't changed. I've changed. And that's where you go, wow, okay, cool. Why did I do this before? (laughs) But, you know, it had to take that part. So that was really for me, I think, starting journey but continuing, that journey hasn't finished, but that, I think, was the probably pinnacle point of me going, okay. Mm-hmm. Funny, though, I do have a conversation often where it happens in relationships, personal, professional. I'm not one to tinker towards the edge of the cliff and go, well, it looks dangerous, yeah, back away. I'll go, oh, yeah, okay, further, 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 further until I actually fall <laughs> and I go, well, okay, what's happened that's me, and I've always had that in my life where I just push risk boundaries to get. And whilst that it allow, has allowed me to become a single mum and work full-time, single mum, MBA, all at the same time, uh, and start new businesses and all that, so all that risk-taking and all that so close to the edge and, and just really challenging myself has become good. But when it comes to something to the point where I actually jump off or fall over and hit the ground before I go, this isn't working, I've always been that mentality, but now I'm starting to realise I'm like that. So when I get close, it's like back away. I mean, this is, you know, yeah. or, or, or use it in your favour. 100%. I was going to say that because I was like, I know a big thing you and I have worked on mm-hmm. over the last four months together throughout our coaching sessions is 
let's find what you do really well naturally, where are your strengths, and let's learn how to double down on them and leverage them yeah. in other ways. Because the classic saying is what's our greatest strength is also our greatest limitation. And it's exactly that, like that risk-taking okay. ability, all or nothing, that's pushed the barrier, right, yeah. is a huge strength yeah. and a massive limitation if we don't know how to turn 100%. it off. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think that switch has never existed until mm-hmm. recently. Um, and look, I'm, I'm like I said, it's a continuous journey, and I'm sure I'm going to hit the rock bottom or hit the bottom of the cliff at some point again. But it is something that we get reflection is a big thing. So reflecting on everything that was, you know, why have I done this, or why do I feel like this? That's something can even ask my kids that. You know, the frustration I see in them, or they might have a moment where you just see that there's anxiety and they're not being naughty, and you say, but why? Why do you think you feel like that? Where are you now? What are you doing? How are you feeling? Because that's something that I ask myself. Does it really matter is something I ask them, you know, because I ask myself that. When I'm in such a ball uh, and it tears about something, I have to sit there and go, look what I've got around me. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Where am I going? This is a journey. It's okay to mess up because before I crucify myself for yeah. it. Yeah. I just want to catch that moment for a second for those who are listening, only because I know a lot of your personal story and background <laughs> and being part of that journey, to hear you actually own that statement of, you know, it's okay to stuff up here. Mm-hmm. That's such a huge growth thing. That's so cool. Like for those listening who don't understand like the depth of that for Amy to be embodying right now in a way where you throw it out so casually. <laughs> oh, that's what, I don't want to gloss over the fact that that's oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, don't you gloss over that change, right? <laughs> But to own that so casually that just comes out as part of your conversation but so embodied. You're like, yeah, it's it's true. Like, it would seem so weird to you now that there was a time in your life where you genuinely believed that screwing up was unacceptable. Yeah. That's so cool. And that change and to see it embodied like that. Like, I know there's a lot of people listening who have that massive aversion to failure or to struggle or to, like, mm-hmm. screwing up, especially if it's seen in some, like, in the public side. Yeah. And trying to keep it all behind closed doors. For those who are listening who can relate to that, like, that that is such like that's what matters right to actually see that change and not just see where it's logically where it's like oh i've read a book about failure being okay so therefore failure is okay no that's embodied where you're dropping it in conversation so calmly (laughs) that's that's a credit to you that's really cool thanks (laughs) but it it is um in saying things like that it is being able to voice it to my children i think that's where and also my clients so using that and I didn't even realise that it popped out then when we said it when I said it. But when I say to other people with their businesses, you know, when they come to me and say, I need to help with my medical center or I really want to start something up and I just don't know how. And or right, I'm scared to, which is really good awareness for them to say that. But for me to go, it's okay to fail. And I know your business isn't great right now and I know it's not making any money, but that's okay. You've done your best. Let's work from here. At least we know where we are right now and let's move on from it. That's something that then it was funny because I would say that to my clients but never believe it myself. And I was really good at giving everyone amazing advice. <laughs> and then I'd go home and I'd, I'd literally do the same thing and probably worse. So, you know, like I would say to people, be kind to yourself. <laughs> Hang on a second. Your brain's <laughs> laughing at you as you say it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, it never really happened for me. So... Now I go be kind to yourself and then I tell them how I be kind to myself. And it's from a place of integrity now, right? And from a place of authenticity. It's not just like... Yeah, my rule of thumb, we teach a lot of BU. So all of our coaching to include myself, still have coaches. Like when we still learn this stuff and we're still always doing the work on ourselves. And uh, Chev, who you obviously met my wife, used to be um, a chef. Very confusing, Chev the chef. But um, (laughs) So she took a saying where I was saying to her, I was like, man, there's so many people out there trying to do personal development and well-being and coaching who've never applied to self. Like they're talking the talk and not walking the walk. And that sickens me. And I remember she said to me years ago, she's like, oh, we had a saying for that in the chefing industry. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, eat the shit you sell. Like if you believe it's good enough for your customers, like you better bloody eat that yourself. 100%. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. That's the saying, right? So so now like you're eating the shit you sell. You're telling all these people to do this. Yeah. But you're like, hey, I do this. Yeah. Right. So I can tell you firsthand and from heart, this this shit works. Right? Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Um, and it mm. was even yesterday when we were talking to everyone in the room mm-hmm. um, and we were meeting people and, you know, doing the eyeballing, and which was really good because it was funny because I sat back down and I was like, oh, it's interesting of what I just said to that person in reflection um, because when they were telling me about their perfect day mm-hmm. and I was like, great. Um, 
and what they were saying, all the things they weren't doing and all these things and how you could hear the self-doubt and you could hear the guilt right. in their voice. And I said, it's okay because I used to be like that too. And I'm not perfect because my day here is not exactly what my day is every day, but I'm getting edging closer and closer to it and this is how I started. And I was like, pick one thing, put three points in place. And so I was like, I'm sitting here. <laughs> I don't know if this was what the activity was supposed to be about. But, you know, for her to say, thank you so much, it was really, really nice of you to share that. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, you just don't realise you do it, you just do it. And that's a part of that impact mm. side of things. And mm. when you're doing it without realising it, it's more powerful. Yeah. And so much more sustainable because you don't have to force it, you don't have to put on the mask of being the life changer or the impact maker. You're just showing up as yourself yeah. and it's helping others around you. Uh, I know, obviously, we spoke yesterday about the idea of the three steps people go through to live that fulfilling life, being first one, self-care, which we can hear in your journey, like learning to actually go, who am I and what do I want and what do I need right now and how do I slow down? I know for you, slowing down was a huge self-care step. <laughs> and then step two being personal growth and development, how do we expand ourselves, become better versions of ourselves? And then step three being impact and bringing it from that place of authenticity and integrity where you've done the self-work and you're still doing the self-work. It's yeah. an endless journey. Um we're going to take a quick break to uh, hear from one of our sponsors, but when we come back, I want to dive a bit more into that impact space, in okay. particular with something that I know you've got coming up, yeah, which is really exciting. Um, but it's already cool to hear how impact has trickled throughout the whole journey. Obviously, you know, with your daughters, with your clients, with people that you met yesterday at an event, to now hearing about how it's going to happen on an international scale yeah. uh, is really exciting. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll be straight back in. This episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends at Monkey Brew Coffee. Now, if you're a coffee drinker, you'll know that it is one of the best things to look forward to in the morning. Just that time to sit down and have a mindful cup of coffee to kickstart your day and get some energy into you. But if you're like me and you're also focused on, well, how can I make a difference that's bigger than myself? How can I help the world? How can I help the environment? Let me promise you that you're going to love these guys at Monkey Brew because they're going to help you do both of those things. So Monkey Brew is an environmentally focused coffee company that's trying to make the planet a better place for everyone. And they do this by providing high quality, specially roasted coffee beans that use sustainable practices and they donate 50% of their profits to causes that help the environment or help those who have been affected by environmental disasters. So at the moment, for example, they're donating 50% of their profits to fire relief in Australia and to rehabilitation efforts. You can find out more at monkeybrew.org and I highly encourage you to jump on there and order your first pack from them. These guys are amazing. I actually bought this as a uh, gift for our creative director and he is an avid coffee drinker and he messaged me and said that he loves it and he's a huge fan not only of what the company's doing but of course of the taste of their coffee as well. So if you want to start your day with a delicious cup of coffee that perks up your energy and feel good about doing it because you know that you're making a positive difference in the world at the same time, make sure you head on over to our friends at monkeybrew.org. Okay, and we are back. So, I reckon we just jump straight into it because that's no more build-up. We've held the people, <laughs> the people who are listening have been held in, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, anticipation for too long. They just, they just listened to an ad and we dropped a bit of a, a hint before the ad. I'm obviously looking at impact going international now. Yeah. Talk us through that. So I think um, I'll talk how it, it first mm. happened. So we, I decided this year to do four days away and I went, um, was supposed to go to Kansas, someone else decided to go by myself and do it anyway. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to spend this time in a hotel room, sitting by the pool with a book, a pen and my laptop and go, let's see what happens. And rather than goal setting, because we do that continuously throughout the year, which I think is very healthy, it's all about intentions. How am I going to get to those goals? What can I day-to-day stuff, the easy stuff? Um, breaking down the wheel into, into their own pages, um, which I found really good. Um, maybe just, and I was starting to write an ebook. I've, you know, the whole four days was just mind-blowing. I joined a yoga group, so I was a real local over those four days. And um, one of my intentions was to give back. 
and it's that impact thing. Um, I didn't call it impact. I just mm-hmm. said, this year I'm going to do it. Um, so I was looking at doing some children charities where I can talk to them about empowering the next steps and careers and because that's what I do for GPs and specialist allies and dental. Or I was like, I didn't really know what, but I knew I needed wanted to do something. So it was there on my piece of paper. Um, within a week, the business chicks had their leadership inversion program come up, matched with the Hunger Project. And the Hunger Project is something that I've always kind of followed and knew about. Um, what I loved about them was all about self-sustaining, self-reliant mm-hmm. communities. So the, the difference they have is that they don't give care packages and then become the community becomes reliant on these packages. They actually go in and coach, train, teach, develop, um, and these communities become self-sustaining. And I just think, wow, that's so impactful in someone's life, for the life that community as a whole, not just one person there, not just one person in that community, but the whole community. And then if you think about the drip-down effect of that where the Generationally, kids yeah. uh, come in and they're trading and they have microfinance and that, you know, you look at them and you go, what? That's just blows my mind. So uh, we were talking about women's empowerment and um, you know, the women of Ghana uh, don't get to go to school as much. You know, that might have been a lot of mums and cooks, cleaners. They're not going to school. They're not having what the exposure we have had. So being able to go and talk and share stories but listen to them um, and provide them with some feedback and some ideas and some structure around it and just let them know that it's okay to fail, big one, um, that could have a huge impact on their life. And so I jumped in wholeheartedly and so now I'm heading to Ghana April 24th for five days to spend some time in communities that are already self-sustaining but also communities starting that journey the communities that are really in the early stages, um, just to see the great work that Hunger Project's doing and, and, and offer my bit. Um, and I know myself I will learn a lot on this trip and some of the amazing people we're going with that um, some of them you know, aren't, may not be leaders in a sense where they're CEOs and they've done all these big things, but they're leaders in terms of um, they are really, I guess, in their motivating themselves mm-hmm you know, aspirational um, and want to learn and want to grow as people. And that in, in itself is a leader, um, someone who wants to give back, someone who wants to show what I've learned and is open to say, hey, I want more, I want to learn more. So just being around those people as well, um, I think there's about 15 of us going and also going over to hear the stories of the women of Ghana and the men of Ghana the communities there. It's just is going to be such an amazing journey. So... So me, that's that's the first thing. That's also Hello My Tribe, which is another single women's um, movement where we talk and empower women to take away the stigma of going to work and not being able to go to school every school assembly and not be able to go to reading class because you're a full-time working mum. And that's okay to be a full-time working mum and everybody in life is different. And, you know, finance problems when you're a single mum and... Um, relationships again and what that means and bringing up kids in a, in a split family and the pressure we put on ourselves as mothers um, but being able to talk about it and to put it out there and to say hey tell me about yours and to go yeah I feel that too because that's something we don't do we don't back ourselves up we don't back those around us up enough so hello my tribe is something that's really beautiful a friend of mine's actually a founder of hello my tribe and we did some filming on that so we stuff out on that as well which is all about just getting women together just to open conversations um so between that and the hunger project which is something i'm passionate about which i'll pop through the fundraising page if anyone would like to have a part of it but follow my journey um we'll, i'll be doing a lot of videos uh, along the way which will be really exciting uh, very emotional i'm sure but i'll be able to share with everyone where i'm at what, what i'm thinking what i'm feeling at the time um and also what I'm learning, when I come back, it'll be good just to recap mm. on where I'm at. But just a few things after a week of coming back and setting intentions for four days, I just like the fact that the world went, yeah, you're on the right path. And I didn't I didn't have to do anything for it. It just kind of came at me. And that, I guess that's for me looking at it going, oh, what I'm doing is the right thing. Mm. Um, and it is a journey and I'm not going to say in any way shape or form my journey is over because my journey is still continuing but this is just another thing where it's having an impact and giving back but also learning 
professional development and self-care of those five days to go, it's okay to cry and be emotional about what you're seeing and to really feel it. So hugely exciting. Um, never been to Ghana, <laughs> but um, it will be amazing. And I'm, like the culture itself and, again, for me, I I want to be able to put the camera up and just talk to everyone about it. And I don't know how good that's going to be and how, that, how you know, I might be an emotional mess when I'm over there, but to be able to just share um, and hopefully have an impact on someone that might be here listening. Yeah, and for those who are listening who are really resonating with that, obviously we're going to put the links for everything to do with that. So Hello My Tribe, we'll put a link in there. We'll right. put a link in the show notes for the fundraising page to support what's happening uh, in Ghana and what you're doing over there. And obviously we'll put links through to your um pages where you're going to be sharing your story and so that people can come and resonate with that and connect with that because I'd really like people to get behind that and rally to that and not only for those who are listening not only follow your journey but take a little seedling of inspiration and go how can I make an impact in some way and I want to catch something you said you said obviously these opportunities came up and it felt like you didn't really have to do anything for them to come up they were just sort of there but I think you did a lot of stuff before it to be in the right space for them like you did a lot of self-work. I've seen it firsthand, obviously. Yeah. You know, being fortunate enough to be your coach, seeing you go through a lot of self-work in self-care and personal development to be the person that you needed to be for those opportunities to come your way. So I don't want to gloss over that. Yeah, You've done a lot of work. And I 100% yeah. I do agree with you again. I think you attract things in your mm. life for a reason. Um, and that's where I think it was nice to go, the world's just giving me a bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm and i so honoured to have mm. felt that mm. um, because sometimes you do, you, you're on a journey and whilst you are going, you know, I'm doing the right thing and I'm feeling mm. good and I'm trying to to share what I'm learning mm. and to react differently and communicate differently and, and really sit and think and reflect on what I'm doing. But when this comes along and you have the opportunity and mm. – I had the opportunity to go, yes, let's do this. Um, that's really powerful. So, um, you know, probably a year ago, two years ago, I don't think I would have done that. Mm. So in reflection, I just look at it and I go, I'm so grateful to be able to have that opportunity, number one, number two, to say, yeah, bring it. <laughs> and be really excited about it um, and scared at the same time. It's the green light. It's the green light. <laughs> Those who've listened for a while know the green light fear. We talk about it nearly every episode. It's one of my favorite topics. For those of you who are a new listener, equal fear and excitement. That's the green light in life. And Amy's a great living example of that. Uh, we're going to take a very short little break, and then when we come back, we're going to do rapid fire round. So our 25 hot little questions that we have, you're going to get to choose five of them. Yep. First thoughts that come to mind. Great. Don't go anywhere. The best is yet to come. Stay tuned. Is this one of my favorite parts of the show? Just because I like to talk shit and there's a lot of shit talking that happens here. Uh, so as I said, you've got 25 questions. Okay. You get to choose five of them. Right. And first thoughts that come to mind, rapid fire answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are quite profound and some are not profound in any way, shape or form. Okay. But can still be quite telling about your personality. I'd like to tell you we won't judge your answers, but I will be judging your answers. <laughs> so, what is your first question? What number? Six is my favourite number. Six. Oh, what is one of your biggest pet peeves? Pet peeves, I would have to say living the toilet seat up. Hugely irritating to me. I'm a, I'm a house of girls, and if you come to my house and you're a boy and you leave the seat up, it's a thing. Have you seen those ones that automatically close themselves so you physically can't leave them up? Yeah, but we don't. There's not, <laughs> apart from the dog that's a boy, this I'm just true. like, you know, my brother's coming from like, guys, seriously. It's not a thing. <laughs> and <laughs> we have three toilets in the house. So I, I was like, and it seems, I don't, it's almost like they do rotations of toilets and leave all toilet seats up. It really bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> when we leave, Amy's going to know that we were here. <laughs> Oh, that probably bothers me. So, any future relationships out there, toilet seats go down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, next question. Uh, hmm, ten. Ten. This is the one I hoped you would choose. Oh, my God. So, for those listening, <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Just in a little break then while you guys were listening to the little break section, uh, and you know what I'm talking about, so there's a number I really hope you choose, but I'll leave it up to fate. And as soon as I say it, you'll know why. Okay. Who would play you in a movie about your life? 
Cameron Diaz. Now tell us why. <laughs> because for those listening to the podcast, you can't see Amy. For those who are watching a clip of this on our social media, like on Facebook, you can. But I know we had this conversation maybe a month ago. We've been coaching together for about three or four months. And I was like, I've got to ask at some point. Like, I just have to know. <laughs> yeah. So tell us that. I don't, well, I don't see a lot. I think I've got blue eyes. I think that's why it comes into that. We probably have very similar shapes in body. But I love her movies and I think she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think I'm as funny as her, but probably not. <laughs> But I have been asked so many times, and the best time I've been was asked. So I used to get asked in pubs a lot. I was like, oh, you're drunk, it's fun. But I was like, I'll take it, <laughs> and I'm going to run with it. And it happened once in a board meeting where there's this really stern-looking man at the end of the table and super serious, and everyone was like, you know, one of those ones where you don't want to cough, sniffle, nothing. You just get asked a question, you answer it. And I was like, right. <laughs> and this guy right in the table was like, gets up and he points at me and he goes, I know you from somewhere. I know you from somewhere. I was like, oh, God, hope he hasn't seen me out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who he is. I was like just really nervous. I was like, oh, wow. And then at the end, halfway toward, like, towards the end, he's like, still, I, you, you're on my mind. There's something. I was like, oh, God. He gets up. Everyone's talking. He stands up with his hand on the table, stares at me, and he goes, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I was like, wow, okay. So it's quite interesting. But. Reflecting on why I look at it and I'm actually quite like, oh, chuffed about it. People say because I look like her, but I really like her movie. She can play serious. She's yeah. tough. She's resilient. I And she's hilarious. Yeah. And I just think I feel like she's the type of person that just sees the funniness and lightheartedness in everything. And I'd like to think that I was similar to that. Beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so glad that one came up. That's hilarious. Uh, next question. Um, 15. 15. Oh, this is actually going to link back to your first question. So biggest pet peeve. Now, this one's very telling about your personality. <laughs> Give us the honest answer. If the toilet paper roll is like running really low, but it's mm-hmm. not out yet, do you replace it or leave it for someone else? Replace it. You're a good person. Replace you are a it. good person. Because I have kids in my house and I, they don't do it. Yeah. So I'm the only one that will do and it. And so you know how that feels oh. to walk in and be like. I can tell you now, if I'm on the toilet and I need toilet paper, I'm calling out toilet paper, hey, I'm yeah, then I'm like, you're you're stranded there. You know, there's nothing like walking around the house with your pants down trying to find a roll of paper. You like, basically <laughs> just become Tom Hanks in Castaway. Like you are stuck out there on your own. I've got a dog called Wilson. Oh, you can literally call out to Wilson. Wilson, bring me the toilet paper. You should train him to do that. <laughs> yeah, I actually should. But yeah, I'm one that, and I'm one that like mine's my, I've got to have at least two in there okay. at all times. Yep. Because if I leave and it needs to be refilled, mm-hmm. there's nothing there to refill, I will forget. Yeah, good call. Do you get who gives a crap toilet paper? No. It's awesome. It's amazing. Side note, who gives a crap? So it's a, you'll never forget about toilet paper because they send it to your door on a subscription service. Interesting. So you also never have to walk out of the... Shopping center. I used to find that so embarrassing. So yeah, yeah. I think everyone has this weird thing about like people must not know that I buy toilet paper. It must just not be a secret. I don't need this. Yeah, somehow, right? So, who gives a crap? They actually, it's um, all sustainable and recycled, and they donate a percentage of their profits to building sanitation in underdeveloped nations. Oh wow! So you're literally doing good things for the world. Is it like a subscription? Yeah, it just comes every few months or whatever. How many people in your household? And yeah, I'll put a link for everyone who wants to jump on that. Uh, We're not sponsored by them, but Chev and I love them. And they also send it arrives in a giant cardboard box that says "nice bum" on it. (laughs) And so Chev and I sat it in our front balcony once, uh, or in the window. And our neighbor across the road, who's like, you know, 60s, retired, invited us over for one, was like, I have to ask, what's with the box that says nice bum in your front door? <laughs> she we angled it towards her house. She thought maybe we'll give her a compliment. Um, she's like, is, I have she's to like, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so, yes, I would recommend everyone jump on uh, Who Gives Cap, because then you'll never be stranded to that paper again. Right. And you know your things for the world. Uh, second last question, what number jumps Nine. Nine. Name a book that has positively shaped you as a person. Um, Seven Habits of the Highly Effective Person. Oh, Stephen nice. Covey. Stephen Covey. Amazing. First book that I read, and I've probably read it about five times, because mm. it's one of those books that every time I read it, something different resonates. Or I perceive something differently. 
yep. really strange. Yep. So I say that I've read you know a series of books since then, but the other one I would say would be Sarah Wilson's book about anxiety. Yes. Now what's that called? Um, Tame the Beast Within, or yes. something to do with the Beast Within. We'll put a link um, to that in the show notes as well. Really good. Like yep. could not put it down, and I was like, ah, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know when you have those moments when you're reading a book and you're like. I do that. (laughs) So it really talks about living with anxiety and being okay with it and also, again, being kind to yourself to say no and all these things that I struggle with, it's almost in a way nice to go, someone else does that. You know, like it's nice to kind of have that feeling. So definitely one to read. Uh, And, again, I'll probably read it again and again. I'll probably pick up different things. So definitely want to come back to a book. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And last question, what are what numbers calling to you? Twelve. Twelve. If you could have any superpower, what superpower would it be? And why? Okay, any superpower. What's the first one that comes to mind? Well, first of all, like the first one that came to mind was flying. Mm. But then when I was like, any superpower. I would like to be able to think up anything and just produce it in my hand. Oh, that's cool. What's that called? I feel like it's got a name. Someone's going to message the podcast about that. If you're listening and you know what that is. So it's like you just think about it and it just... And it's there. Because I feel like, you know, when you could help someone mm. or and just produce something that someone might need. Mm-hmm. Not trivial things like money and all that kind of stuff. Mm. That's not a, a thing. It's more being able to help someone with something, Mm. Um, but it comes from here. That's what I love. That's my superpower that I could be super cool. To go around the world and just be able to. Bang, it's there. Yeah. Basically a magician. Yeah, almost. So, yeah, that's that's really. I love it. First of all, I was like flying because I could go anywhere and, you know, be able to experience a whole lot of things. Well, I used to think flying as well, Mm. but I'm not a huge fan of heights. So then I thought teleportation so I don't even have to deal with the whole flying time because I don't know how fast I could fly like can I fly if I get the power of flight can I fly faster than a Boeing jet (laughs) am I traveling for like 20 odd years just to get over somewhere yeah exactly I don't want to just be up in the air like a bird being like holy (laughs) shit Europe is farther away than I thought it was like this is a long time for you I'm going to die (laughs) can you imagine how exhausting it would be like what's the flight from Sydney to Europe that's still like a 16, yeah. 17 hour flight? Yeah. yeah. How fucking tiring it would be to be flying for 16, 17 hours. <laughs> Even if you could go as fast as the jet. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, So that's why I was like, mm, maybe teleportation, yeah, you know, right. I can get there straight away. And, uh, teleportation is definitely Cut right. out the whole middle section. He's <laughs> like, you couldn't even have in-flight entertainment. You'd just be up there. <laughs> These miles are so Just, yeah, right? You can't watch a <laughs> would movie. You fly, though, or would you just Well, this fly? is the thing. Like, you I might just be like, these are all the questions that we need to ask. These are the we're asking the really important questions today. <laughs> which I love. No, but honestly, I'm very, very grateful for you coming on the show today, for you being in Newcastle this weekend and and sharing your story and your journey. Because I do find there's so much beauty and impact and power in people sharing themselves. And just I mean, it's literally why we're called Be You, right? It's like when you are yourself wholeheartedly and authentically it does inspire and create this ripple effect around you. And I know that you've extended that ripple effect today to our listeners. And I'm really, really grateful for that. Thanks for having me. It's been really good to be here and great to meet you in person. <laughs> but it's nice to actually just be in a room yesterday with so many like-minded people in different journeys and different stages. There's something just uplifting about that. Um, but um, I'm, I love the fact that we can sit here and talk about everything now. And I'm still, this journey has got a long way to go. And I hope that everybody jumps on board and follows the Hunger Project and, and what we're doing there because 2020 is going to be pretty exciting year. 100%. I'm feeling <laughs> that too. I love it. Well, thank you once again. Uh, for those who are listening, don't forget all of the links that we spoke about will be in the show notes. Um, and if you're listening through a platform, I know some of the platforms don't have show notes. So in that case, uh, where is the best place that they can reach out to you just to connect and find out more? Either LinkedIn, where yep. I've, there's quite a bit of a following there on LinkedIn, Facebook, amyami.asigal, I think it is. Perfect. Go for it. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. And have a safe flight back to Melbourne. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 
as always, I'm blown away and humbled and honored and incredibly grateful to hear the stories of people who are part of this BU movement of learning how to look after themselves and enhance their self-care, learning how to grow themselves and become the best version of themselves possible, and then using that to give back and positively impact the lives of those around them as well. I had such a great time connecting with Amy and hearing her story, and it's put such a smile on my face to be able to share that story with you as well. Of course, if you are someone who's listening and like, man, this this is me, like I feel like they're talking to me, and you can recognize that you are at a place where you're really struggling at the moment with your own self-care. Maybe you're struggling with self-doubt or stress or anxiety, or as Amy said, just not knowing who you are or what you want for yourself because you're so busy trying to please those around you. If that is where you're at and you're thinking, hey, it's time for me to do something about this, then you're at the right place. And that's exactly what we can help out with. So if you are thinking, man, I'd love to do what Amy's done and be part of the Accelerator program and learn all those skills and have access to the accountability and the tribe and the resources to really fulfill my potential and live my best life, all you need to do is flick us a message. So you can either email us at grow, G-R-O-W, at bucoaching.org or you can check out the website, www.bucoaching.org and take the next steps from there. Now, the next step would be a one-on-one connection call where we can sit down, either you and I or you and one of our team, one of our coaches, to find out more about yourself. Make sure this is the right move for you before going into the Accelerator program. So if you're feeling that equal fear and excitement, that green light we talk about, I encourage you to take action on it and send us a message. Also, don't forget to reach out and connect with Amy and uh, you know be part of her journey. The thing I love with BU is how we've rallied a community of like-minded people who are passionate about making an impact starting with themselves. So it's not just about obviously connecting with BU and with us and being part of the accelerator. Obviously, that's the best way to fast track your journey. But it's also just about being part of the community and part of this movement that we've I'm very grateful has spread worldwide. So jump into the Facebook group, connect with Amy, and also help us grow that movement, help us spread that ripple effect because there are people in your life who would really benefit from hearing this episode today who won't hear it without your help. So a few ways to do that, obviously subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, leave us a review, and of course, share that you're listening to the episode, put it on your social media and tag us. We love being able to interact with you guys and have you as part of that movement. Because at the end of the day, I don't believe we can change the number of lives we want to change on our own. We change it by creating a ripple effect of people just like yourself who have committed to living a life of personal development, of well-being, and of fulfillment. So with that said, until the next time we talk, you know what we do. Make an impact, start with self, and be you.